The New York Knicks joined the NBA family in mourning the devastating loss of beloved NBA and global icon Kobe Bryant, who passed away earlier today at the age of 41 in a tragic helicopter crash that also took the life of his daughter Gianna. An 18-time All-Star, two-time NBA Finals MVP, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and a five-time NBA champion, Kobe had a multitude of iconic moments here at Madison Square Garden, including setting a then Madison Square Garden record of 61 points in 2009. And tonight, we remember the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant and join the Los Angeles Lakers, the Bus family, and the entire basketball world in mourning his passing. Please join us in a moment of silence in honor of number 24, Kobe Bryant. Um, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've been better. Mm-hmm. Been, yeah. uh, yeah, I've been, you know, a lot more normal. Mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> don't feel that normal. Yeah. And, uh, pretty sad and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, Ben and I thought we should record a podcast today to just, I don't know, hash out, talk about the, uh, the death of Kobe Bryant who died on Sunday in a helicopter crash, uh, in Calabasas, California. There were eight other people in, in the, uh, crash who perished, including Kobe's 13 year old daughter, Gianna. And they were flying from Orange County, where they live, up to Thousand Oaks to uh, Kobe Bryant's Mamba Academy, which is, I guess, like a center where they uh, he like coaches his daughter and other teams play basketball. Um, ben, like I, I have nothing prepared here, or <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, I, I, this is just kind of free free form freelance uh but just initial <laughs> thoughts reactions where were you when you found out and all that stuff and yeah what, what, I, what's uh, going through your head i mean i feel like we should i almost feel like silly doing this and recording it like i yeah. i we have a we have a podcast technically we don't have, so yeah we don't have to release this fyi <laughs> I, yeah i think I maybe afterward we can decide whether this uh is something we even want to share with other people yeah i I mostly just kind of like wanted to talk to you as i as i texted you earlier um and kind of like i feel like it's good just to like talk to someone about this uh because there's not um yeah i've just been like you know consuming reactions to it um and and trying to process like my own feelings which are like super complicated and like i I've I've been like just swinging wildly back and forth for the past 24 hours or so now too, uh, between like this like very like kind of cool detached um 
like sort of analysis and like sort of, you know, processing and like, mm-hmm. all right, what is the, you know, what's sort of the, uh, like, you know, what's the reaction you're supposed to have? What is the interesting or intelligent thing to say? What is the, mm-hmm. uh, and then I just like suddenly, you know, some like emotional part of it hits me and I'm, and I'm just like, yeah. fuck, this is just the saddest thing. I and would I'm say like, like, I most, I would say like, in the 24 hours, barely, that's transpired, I would say like 99% of the time, I have been pretty emotionally detached and like just kind of reacting to it from like a very um, like cerebral place and Mm -hmm. um, not really allowing myself to like really be too affected by um i don't know be too affected by it um Mm -hmm. for various reasons uh i was talking to kelly about this yesterday uh one of which is just like you know this is like a cultural icon and but that you know, he's not like, he's not like one of my personal friends or something. So like there is this like weird element where it's like, um, you know, like it's, it, it, there is like a strangeness to work out about feeling sad for a person who you only really knew vis-a-vis TV and stories and you know what I mean? Right. Let's make it very clear off the top. Neither one of us, uh, had any sort of personal relationship with Kobe, uh, let alone even like, like, even as sports fans, it's like, if anything, like, you know, (laughs) like we've joked on the podcast, like Kobe was like an all time psychopath as far as like being an athlete and like, no, I did not like him. People talked about him as like one of the worst teammates ever. Like one of just like a psychopath competitor. Um, to be totally clear, I've never been a fan of his. I've, yeah. uh, you know, neither one of us obviously are Laker fans right, right, right. Um, or but Kobe I, fans. I will or... say I lived in L.A. and I and I have a lot of Laker fan friends in my life. And it's mm-hmm. it's been interesting to hear from them because Kobe was what Patrick Ewing was to you and I for right. uh, many of my f- uh, friends who are Laker fans. Like he was truly like... Uh, important part of their youth as sports fans in the same way that, but in the same way that we're talking, like, it's not like they knew the guy, just like we never knew Patrick Ewing, but it's just kind of like symbolically, this was someone that was like on their TV, like growing up as kids. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, with sports, you just have, um, you know, completely separate from any like personal interaction. You have such a incredibly deep um, kind of intimate, uh, you know, e- like not, uh, you know, in-person uh, kind of relationship, but but such a, a personal relationship with something yeah. that you watch on TV because of the way sports work and the way we consume them and, and internalize them and process them. It's, it's all extremely emotional, whether you're a kid or even like an adult. Um, uh, you know, you develop these, these bonds, and these attachments to these people that you'll never meet in your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, unlike any other thing uh, that you consume yeah. in yeah. life. Yeah. Um, and that makes it, you know, kind of like impossible to understand for anyone who's like not a sports fan. Um, and so I found myself, I mean, yeah, as someone who doesn't, who never really cared about Kobe Bryant as a player. Um, yeah. 
I find myself uh, extremely sad just at the loss of something that like was such a like undeniably big part of a thing I love, which is basketball and the NBA. Like that, like it was so, such a like a sort of bigger, more significant, almost symbolic thing than just like a guy um, dying because, like I said, and that's why I almost feel silly, like, even, like, talking about this because, like, there are a million other people that should be, whose opinions and thoughts and stuff are obviously so much more (laughs) valuable and relevant and meaningful than ours is just, like, two idiots who, um, you know, really didn't give a shit about uh, the Lakers and, uh, if anything, obviously rooted very hard against them in in many (laughs) uh, cases. But my point is that it felt like I got... Um, I don't know if you, all right, so we need to talk about, oh boy, I'm like rambling now, but we should talk about how we first, uh, learned of the news. Um, but we should also talk about, you were at MSG last night. Um, yes. Yeah. And I don't know if you've gotten a chance, but I, I watched the, I didn't watch live last night. I was, um, sort of mercifully like kind of occupied with other real life things. Uh, so I didn't, I wasn't able to, or, you know, kind of like yeah. I didn't, um, whatever. I didn't consume any basketball last night, but I watched the, uh, the broadcast on league pass, the rebroadcast of the MSG, um, mm-hmm. uh, broadcast with Mike Breen, gotcha. uh, and his call. Yeah. And I found myself, um, yeah. like, really unexpectedly emotional watching the opening because it was MSG and it yes, was Mike Breen dude. and Walt Frazier. And these, and those were things that like yeah. are in my heart and like that I, that I feel like are part of me. And then like sort of watching the the blue and gold uh, in on the ceiling of MSG and then Mike Breen with like just the, uh, if you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to it. I won't like, um, spoil it but uh but his opening uh, of the broadcast was just like uh really incredible and um and that was like kind of when it it hit home for me where it was like oh like it wasn't like a guy that died it was like a sport that i love and that is like so deeply a part of yeah. me that is like now forever different and yeah. changed yeah. um and it was pretty uh it was pretty wild. I mean, Madison Square Garden last night. Like, yeah. It would, I, explain. I, I, so you, I assume, did you, were you planning on going to the game before the, the news broke? Yeah. So, oh, wow. So you don't even, yeah. So um, for Christmas, Kelly got us tickets to this game. Oh, shit. This was the Christmas present that she got you. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So for Christmas, she got us <sighs> two tickets to the Knicks-Nets game because it's yeah. so fun to see basketball and yeah. to go to Madison Square Garden. And because you have and, a fucking awesome girlfriend who yeah. Yeah. wants to give you things that will make you happy. Right. And um, and then it just so happened to be the day that Kobe Bryant died. Unbelievable. So, so, she, so she came with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um i i uh i will say like it would i've been to madison square garden for Knicks games a few times now and um last night was easily i mean it's it's not even comparable but like it was the most eerie uh atmosphere i've ever been at at in terms of a professional game a sporting event like it felt like a funeral it felt like a yeah. funeral for sure. Um, not to, you know, make light of that, uh, idea, but like there really was just this like collective sadness and qu- like just quiet. That's the yeah. biggest thing, man. Like quiet. It was like, it was so, so quiet. And 
the thing that I will take away from the evening, um, I don't know if you were able to catch this, if they broadcast it on the MSG uh, telecast, was the national anthem was, in my opinion, like incredibly moving. They had Mm. this saxophone player play the national anthem Oh man, they didn't have that on the broadcast, yeah. Dude, I will try to find um, like a video of it if it's on YouTube or something like that. I don't don't know if that stuff ever gets posted, but like it was just, I think everyone just really understood what was happening. You know what I mean? Like they did Mm -hmm. this moving tribute before... uh, before the game uh, began on the, you know, on the Jumbotron, they had Kobe's picture and his, uh, you know, like 1978 to 2020 um, and, uh, and just his picture on the, on the Jumbotron. And they had this, like the, uh, the, the public address announcer said this like thing beforehand about Kobe and what he meant to the league and stuff like that. And there was a moment of silence and they did 24 seconds on the shot clock, just ticking, right. just ticking down. This is before the game even started. Oh, right, right. I saw, I did see that on the yeah. broadcast. Yeah, and it the, was just the, the like, moment of silence for 24 seconds. It, yeah. yeah, dude, it was just like every, it, the grav, it was just like the gravity in the building was like really, uh, intense like really yeah. really 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 intense i think like everyone really understood i'm talking about matt like we got a beer and i said to the guy i was like hey man thanks you know like how's your day going and without even understanding what i was asking just being like just trying to be like a friendly patron at mm-hmm. at at the beer stand and the guy just like looked at me he's like it's been a really hard day and I was like, Jeez. yeah, man, like I totally understand. And uh, he's like, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. Here's your beer. And same same thing, like the hot dog. We got a hot dog. Like the hot dog guy just like looked at me and was like, it's days like today where you kind of like remember what's important. And it was just like, so like that energy was, as you would expect, like sort of infused into the whole evening. And to be honest with you, like I can barely remember the Knicks or the Nets. Like I, I I could barely tell you who won. I could barely tell you who played well. It was just, there was just this like pervasive energy throughout the whole building that it was like Kobe's night. And I took this photo that I'll send to you, um, as we left and, um, you know, they, they play Billy Joel's New York state of mind every time they close down the garden at the end of the night, you know, like when people come out, like the ushers come out, they're like sweeping the floors and stuff and people are like mm-hmm. filing out the exits and they played, they were playing New York state of mind and there was just Kobe's picture on the jumbotron as we were walking out. And it was just like, holy shit, man, this is like <laughs> very, uh, very sad and like like surreal i guess that's the main thing it's like how did how also how is this happening like how how is the nba still happening right now you know like how yeah how is how are we playing games this just feels like we need for someone like kobe bryant to die we're gonna need a lot of time to process that and it felt like just what are we doing playing basketball like like you know it's like well almost one of those things where like couldn't he have died during the summer when we could like take a couple months to like process this or so, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I know. it's not fair for him to, for like, it's just like too much for your brain to process like, like other shit as it relates to the NBA while this like icon 
died, you know, and, um, yeah, I know. I, it's such a sort of stupid, stupid, small, like trivial technical thing. But I, 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 as I watched the rebroadcast on, uh, on NBA.com, I was like, uh, really struck by the little, uh, like in memoriam kind of montage that, uh, that they ran on the jumbotron with like the number eights around the top of the, um, you know, the scoreboard and everything. And I was kind of like, wow, like how did they, like, it was like really well done and really moving obviously. And I was like, wow, how did they like put that together so quickly? Yeah. (laughs) And like, in like a weird fuck, like what a stupid thing to think about. But I was like, as an editor, you're like, like, wow, that must have like, that must have been really working hard. (laughs) They had like four hours to like fucking pull this together, you know, or like, uh, or even just like coordinate uh, how all the teams, took the first possession and just dribbled out the clock. Like, I I was literally thinking like, how did they coordinate this? Like, I I wonder if the players went to the refs, if the refs went to the players and said like, Hey, we just spoke to the crew in Orlando. They're going to be doing this and everyone's going to be, you know what I mean? Like it's a, I mean, it sounds so silly to think about those sort of things, like, uh, practical technical things, but, um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Right. I mean, that's the word that I, that keeps coming up again and again, like everyone says it, but it's just so unreal. It's such a, it's such a nightmare. It's such a like, uh, just, uh, so what, where, how did you first find out about the news? Well, funnily enough, um, I was editing the podcast. Um, yeah. I was editing this like uh, awesome, great, like ridiculous podcast that we were all prepared (laughs) to to drop today uh, about the trade deadline and all these fake trades, which is so silly. Yeah. And we were really excited about. uh, Dude, it's very good. I can tell you. And it's like like, with our audience, like it's it. There's a lot to look forward to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we were very excited about that. And then obviously we were like, but no, like I literally had just finished editing the podcast. I was uploading it onto the Internet and like like scheduling, like, okay, so it's going to come out Monday morning at this time. You know, it's like, as you know, like editing video, like it's a lot of work, like doing all this stuff. So it's just like Mm -hmm. tying up all these loose ends with the the episode. And then our friend Lucas, who we're on a text thread with, uh, was like, did you guys hear the news? And I was like, oh, crap you know here we go like i just fucking finished editing the Hmm. trade deadline podcast now i'm gonna log into twitter and find out there was some massive trade and it's gonna and like our podcast is gonna go to shit let's let's see who it is like (laughs) let's see where they traded kevin love or whoever it is like and i log into twitter and the first thing i saw was something i think like from kill a cow or like one of like the irreverent kind of funny NBA accounts that I follow. And it made some mention of Kobe Bryant. And then I scrolled down and I saw another thing about Kobe Bryant. And then I saw another thing about Kobe Bryant in a helicopter, Kobe Bryant dead in a helicopter. And I was like, wait, wait, what? No, that's, that's not real. Like that can't be real. And then I clicked the TMZ link and the website had crashed um Mm -hmm. and that's when i knew it was probably real like if there was so much traffic on tmz about kobe bryant being dead then there's a probably good chance that 
they're right, uh, they're uh, onto something. And then, you know, as I just kept scrolling through, it was like more and more sources, the AP, New York Times, all the credible news agencies were basically confirming what everyone had been like speculating. And um, right, right. Yeah. How'd you find out? I was, uh, well, from the same, same text thread that we're on. So I was enjoying my Sunday at this amazing place in Pennsylvania, like about 45, 50 minutes outside of Philadelphia, there's this place called Longwood Gardens um, in in Pennsylvania, which is like this massive, sprawling uh, kind of park garden conservatory type place cool. that um, the DuPont family used like their billions of dollars to set up like, I don't know, years ago, um, just with Kate and, and Teo. Wow. And it was uh, a really beautiful day, and we were just like hanging out, walking around. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and it was like so nice. And then at one point, I went to the uh, bathroom to take a shit, and uh, the bathrooms are like inside this uh, building where I guess the walls are pretty thick. So I once I got to the bathroom, I realized that I had no cell reception, which mm. is like pretty rare actually yeah. uh, these days, where I just lose all connectivity. Right. Um, but I was sitting on the toilet and uh, scrolling through because I like to just have something to read um, as I do my business, which is probably way too much information. But um, nope. because I didn't have any internet, I was just going through Twitter, but it was all the like old tweets that were still like kind of like loaded in my app, you know, gotcha. since like yeah, the last yeah, time yeah. I opened yeah. it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I was just like going through like, you know, an hour old's worth of like Twitter feed um, and uh, and just like reading this stuff and taking my time and just kind of, um, you know, I don't know, uh, fucking just whatever, uh, doing nothing, thinking nothing. And then I got out of the bathroom and like, literally it was like, I had gone into the bathroom in like one reality, one world. And then when I got out, like the first thing I saw was like, it was like my phone caught up to everything. And suddenly I had like a shitload of texts, Mm. um, and, uh, you know, whatever, like random messages and stuff. And, um, yeah, so I opened up our, our little basketball thread and, you know, Lucas was like, did you guys see the news? And then he, I think it was either he or you that um, dropped in the Woj tweet. About the and yeah. the second I read that, I was just like, oh, it's the it's the fake, it's the parody Woj account. Like, yeah, that was my initial reaction. I was just yeah. like, oh, this is the, because, you know, there's like that one, like, fake Woj that always, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, just has like trolly uh, fake news on it. So my immediate assumption was just like, oh, well, that's not, that's just like a joke. That's a stupid prank. Um, and then I like clicked on it and I was like, oh no, that's Woj's actual account. Um, and then immediately I just kind of like shut off my phone and I like went back to rejoin my wife and, uh, almost three and a half, three year old son. And, um, I just kind of like had to not think about it. Cause I was like, all right, I don't want to like just like had this ruined my day and I just kind of went back and um, enjoyed the rest of the afternoon hanging out with them. But of course the entire time I'm just like thinking about this and it's just like kind of stuck in the back of my mind. Like, wait, is that really like that really happened? Like, how is that? And then I kind of, as we were like walking around um, this, like uh, this massive like park, I was like kind of checking my phone here and there just to be like, wow, like confirming the news and, um yeah it was just really fucking surreal like you said and um didn't make any sense and yeah and then from then on it was just kind of like all right what does this mean how do I feel about this and I really wasn't you know um I like wasn't that emotional about it and I wasn't that like affected 
uh, kind of personally about it until I found out that his daughter was yeah. also on the helicopter. Um, and then, you know, as like, yeah. uh, a parent, I just like fucking really got in my head and, um, you know, it's also like, I don't know if you read the article I sent, mm-hmm. but I feel like at times, uh, like this, you kind of like, it, it sort of helps crystallize like who are your, uh, who are like your favorite writers and your favorite, mm-hmm. like the sort of voices that are mm-hmm. most important to you, um, yeah. to kind of like help you, uh, process emotions and news and frame your um, opinions and all that. And uh, this guy, Henry Abbott, um, who writes for True Hoop, which is a um, like a newsletter and a website that I that he started. Um, I kind of like was waiting, like, you know how I feel like uh, I've just like always kind of, well, actually, I don't know, whatever. I don't have to get into my whole history with him, but um, he's awesome and brilliant. And anyway, it wasn't, and I was like kind of just w- like, waiting around for him to write something about this instead of like, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't really have time to just sit in front of my computer for like the rest of the day and like, um, you know, consume reactions. Um, but when I got my little like, uh, email in my inbox of his, uh, piece about Kobe, I was like lying on the floor of my, uh, son's room, um, to help like put him to bed. And then he fell asleep. And then I like, as I was like, like literally like lying on the floor, like next to him, Jesus. I like read this article and I was just like fucking in tears. And um, yeah, that that is uh, actually the thing that probably, like I said, ninety nine percent of this I have been sort of emotionally detached from. But right for some reason, or not for some reason, for probably very obvious reasons, uh, when I start when I sort of like started processing the daughter component of it that's when it really felt yeah. just terrible and yeah uh, trying it's, to like process like what his wife his widow now is like going through and dealing with um it's terrible man it's it's just yeah. awful it's really unimaginable and it is like the absolute worst case scenario Do um, you, um <laughs> have you I don't know like how closely you've been following this. I don't know if you're interested in any of this uh, stuff, but there's been some breaking news in the last like hour or two um, about the helicopter. I don't know. No, I didn't actually read that. I'm very curious though. What's the news? Um, Basically the big breaking news of the day is that the helicopter carrying Kobe and the eight other people was given special clearance to fly. Um, and because the 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 visibility was like unusually bad, it was like right. exceptionally I had read that foggy. It was basically fog that like caused the yeah helicopter so, malfunction. Yeah, um, there is a weird personal. I mean, it's it's so I, I, it's so weird how we like process these events. Um, yeah, and we just pro- I feel like try to put them on personal terms and sort of like insert ourselves into the story somehow or like the, it helps us process the story yeah. somehow but like yeah um something i kind of immediately thought of and just like had this aha moment was i mean i don't know anything about aviation flying or you know any of that stuff um but uh i used to go when i lived in southern california i used to go hiking all the time like right where he died 
Um, mm, wow, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, Pacific Palisades, Calabasas, Malibu. I would go hiking there almost every weekend mm. and uh, with Frank. And, um, dude, it is it is like unconscionable that they were... I, I, again, I, I don't want to speak out of turn because like I, I, I'm not like some aviation expert or something, but like they were flying so low to the ground, it's... It's preposterous, and I, I'm sure that they were allowed to an extent to be flying this low, but like uh, they were flying like under 2,000 feet. I think like they they said the plane was like at 15 or 1600 feet above sea level, and it was climbing to like 2,000 feet when it struck the mountains and you know imploded. But, Jesus. Yeah, but but like I <laughs> like that I I. I, I hiked all the time in Calabasas at 2000 feet sea level, like above sea level. So like, it's just crazy. It's crazy to me like that. I, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a miracle that they didn't hit other people that other people weren't hurt. I suppose is one way to think about it, but also just like, I vividly remember, um, I vividly remember hiking in this place called Sandstone Peak um out in uh out in the Palisades and like I remember this sounds so weird but like I was out there once on a Saturday and it was exceptionally foggy like I'm I'm saying like you know you when you when when you're hiking out in southern california like it's you're basically out there with your camera and some water and you're just like taking photos of these like absolutely gorgeous like rock sculptures and just like these incredible just boulders and stuff and i remember i i've been looking through the photos on this hard drive that i have of that hike and it was like i remember this day being such a bummer because i didn't realize down on the palisades when i left that it was going to be so foggy and that like mm. literally I wasn't going to be able to take any photos because you can't see anything like you, like you couldn't like, you couldn't even see like 20, 30 feet in front of you. Like I'm talking like that level of fog. And, um, and that was at 2000 feet. Like I have literally a photo of like the plate that says like you're 2000 feet above sea level right now. And, um, and that's right where they perished. Yeah. And, uh, so, has it come out? Like, was there even like, was there a mechanical malfunction or was it literally like the, they just didn't see and they just like flew directly into the mountain? Is, has that like been yeah, reported I, on? I'm still waiting to hear like all the details, but I, it sounds, it sounds very much like they uh, were flying too low and the visibility Jesus. was really bad. And um, they just published a, audio recording between the pilot and air traffic control Jeez, really yeah yeah yeah. and they chart they chart i'll i'll send you the video if you're interested in in hearing and watching it but like they chart the course of the helicopter with the different like messages back and forth you know just being like hey we're at this point and and basically i again as someone that knows nothing about aviation, but air traffic control at one point had to tell them like, Hey, we need you to basically hold in this spot because there's another aircraft coming out of Burbank. So we need to like, make sure that they have clearance before you resume. So like, you know, it's like all very coordinated. And, Mm -hmm. um, at a certain point, um, they are headed West towards, 
towards Thousand Oaks, they they veer left, and uh, one of the air traffic controllers is like, "Hey, you're definitely at too low an altitude to be continu- continuing forward at this visibility. You have to basically like get go, like go higher up, and then they just lose contact with the pilot." Um, the pilot just stops responding. And then at that point it's assumed that like, that's when, as they were, as they were climbing from like 1500 feet to like 2000 feet, they obviously like struck a mountain or whether it was a tree or a mountain or whatever it was that they just could not see. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Like that's the other thing where you're just like, how did that, how does this like happen? Yeah. like helicopters are are obvious like you know you can die in a car or a train or a plane or anything but like it just doesn't yeah it doesn't make any sense where it would just be like it is frustrating isn't, techno- isn't technology good enough now isn't like aren't people smart enough now like it just doesn't fucking add up that it could just like happen and you know it doesn't matter who's on the fucking helicopter but it's just yeah like the 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 I don't know, the odds of it are, like, so mind-bogglingly low, you know, I don't know what the stats are on, like, helicopter crashes in general, but, like, it's obviously, like, an insanely rare thing, and then of all the people to be on a helicopter when it does crash, it just doesn't, it's the most, uh, it's just the most fucked up thing, and the timing of it, like you said, and just everything, um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, and... Um, it's just, yeah, it just, it feels like whenever we talk about like, not even just the Lakers or, or it's like whenever we talk about like basketball, like ever again, it's going to be like a thing there. It's going to be like a thing that you think about. There's like nothing in my lifetime in any sport or pop culture really at all. Like obviously lots of celebrities have died in our lifetimes. Some of them way too young. But even even like the really tragic kind of unexpected ones were like, I don't know, they didn't, they didn't feel like this, where this was just like, no, this isn't possible. Like that, this just doesn't, I don't know. And again, I'm saying this is someone who didn't, who never had really gave a shit about this guy other than him just being a presence, um, a constant and very like, you know, like sort of like everlasting presence uh in our in our lives as basketball fans i have a question like as as a parent like and i i don't even know that this is like really fair but i do feel like tempted to ask the question as a parent are you at all is there like a frustration that you feel at all about like the nature of the death in like uh, i don't know like if if you (laughs) Again, it's like impossible to understand, like, because neither of us is Kobe Bryant. Like, neither of us has like the resources of Kobe Bryant to like take a helicopter somewhere. Mm-mm. But like, I don't know. Like, would if Kate was like, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna take Teo to this thing. Um, we could drive there. It'll probably take two hours, but we're also insanely wealthy, and we have like a <laughs> helicopter at our disposal, and it will take us." 30 minutes by helicopter is it cool if i just take the helicopter <laughs> it's like yeah i don't know, I don't know like, man i yeah i hesitate to even go there because right. it's just such a completely different uh kind of 
mindframe, I guess you have right, as right. someone who has that, who has access to that. But again, I also don't like. He's been I also can't, like, I can't. I can't imagine that a that a helicopter is like vastly more more dangerous than a car in terms of statistical, you know, right. uh, uh, odds of 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 you sure. know fatal accidents. Sure. I, who, who the fuck knows? Like yeah. it's just I. Also, I have like, no idea. And he's been doing it like his whole career for yeah for years and years. And you know, like uh, someone on another podcast brought this up, but uh, two three days ago on Martin Luther King Day, or I guess a week ago now, uh, since we're recording this on a Monday. Um, there was a story about LeBron James taking a helicopter to his son's high school yeah. basketball game yeah. right before a game that he was playing um, in Los Angeles. So and then flying, didn't he fly cross country like in a in a in a private helicopter? Uh, oh, maybe was he not even playing in LA? Yeah, maybe you're right. No, no, um, the kid was playing. <laughs> Bronny Junior was playing in LA, and then LeBron was playing in Boston that night. Oh my God! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. So yeah, it, like who the fuck knows? Right. It's just um, it's unthinkable and sure. and and just so like, like what's to say you wouldn't have gotten in a car accident or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know yeah. but I mean yeah needless to say I think one of the things everyone should read that Henry Abbott article um, maybe yeah. we could like link to it in the in the sure. in the podcast notes um, but. God, it just it made it one of the things it brought up. It actually linked to another article, which yeah. I wish I could remember. Um, actually, so Henry Abbott's article is called "This Is Why Mothers Don't Sleep," and it's yeah. on TrueHoop.com. And then Henry yeah. also references this essay he read by Claudia Day by Claudia Day in the Paris Review, yeah. and that's called fantastic. "Mother Mothers as Makers of Death," right. um, which I haven't read all of, uh, but he excerpts it in his article. Um, and it's basically just a uh, like I think the gist is is as a parent, yeah. you you basically just become com- completely consumed with the thought of death yeah. at all times. And you've um, expressed and, this <laughs> a lot to me over the last yeah. Few years. I remember a like, couple. It's and only, even like a couple episodes ago, I like I sort of joked about it and just uh, you know fucking threw it out there in an offhand, yeah. uh, you know, uh, sort of comment about going to the beach with my son. Um, and it's I you know it's not something that uh, you know I would obviously like dwell on at length on a podcast about fucking basketball no, yeah. but um but i can say as a parent that that is accurate <laughs> that like no you talk about that i feel like you like and it's fyi not just you all of my all of my friends right. with young kids talk about like their job is basically trying to prevent their kid from dying you're right and like, as and as that uh, with that as your job the way that you do that job successfully, knock on wood, um, is by constantly, constantly thinking about it yeah, and just and being just like, like as morbid as possible at all times. Right. And like every time I'm like driving a car, I like see the car accident happen right. uh, as I cross every intersection that I ever oh, cross dude. in my life. It's um, crazy. I saw a car accident the other day on the BQE and uh, it's wild to see it. I saw it happen before it happened. Do you know what I mean? Wow, and, yeah. and, and thankfully, uh, I should say, like, it wasn't bad. Like, it was yeah. It was more than a fender bender, but, like, <clears throat> thankfully, no one appeared to get hurt. But it was one of those things where, like, someone in the left lane didn't realize that they were in two lanes that were becoming an exit, so they were trying to move over and just blindsided someone, and they clipped the back of someone's car. And it really mm. wasn't that bad, but they were, like... They were one car in front of me. You know what I mean? Like I was like wow. directly behind them. And um, Damn. 
and just seeing the whole, I was, I, I saw it as soon as it happened. I was like, wow, that person doesn't see that there's an other person in that lane. And this person is trying to get off this exit and stay on the BQE. And they're about to hit that person in the back of their car. And it like happened. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's just like one of those like slow motion things where, I mean, again, it sounds silly, but like, I don't have kids. It was just Frank with me in the car. And it was just like, I was like, okay, so like now we're going to break. We're going to make sure everyone around us is safe. And we're going to try to get the fuck away from this incident as quickly as possible. And yeah. just like get to where we're going in one piece. Yeah. Just go in full on preservation mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like a, like a biological thing that like, you know, kicks in at that point. Um, and, um, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be uh, a weird um, rest of the season. Uh, yeah, it really is. I, I, and I think like it's safe to say this is going to be. I don't mean to say something that hangs over the rest of the season, but like this is going to be like the theme of the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't think we have like any idea, frankly. Like, how, like it's we're we're on we're in day one right, right. now of of uh, like this new reality, and. Like, I don't think we've, anyone has really, like, wrapped their heads around, like, what this is going to be like. I mean, you know, obviously, the, they will keep playing basketball, and they will have an all-star game, and then they'll have the playoffs, um, and life will go on. But I think it's it's totally going to be something where the uh, full it's impact of it... It's just going to be hard to celebrate. I, I, I think it's just going to yeah. be, like, a little hard for fans or and players more more probably more than fans but like the players it's going to be a little hard for players to like enjoy the experience of basketball in the way that they usually do yeah it's going to be hard to celebrate and it's also as fans and this is um kind of fucked up to say but i it's another thing that's that's like uh really really been like um prominent uh, uh in my mind um since hearing the news it's going to be hard to like shit on other players that you don't like. Um, it's going to be like, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that one night before Kobe died, uh, LeBron James passed him on the all time scoring list. Mm. And most of the commentary on Twitter was about how, you know, LeBron is better than Kobe, blah, 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 blah. Gotcha. Like, yeah. I mean, we have to like, uh, sort of like, I feel obligated to note that like, this is a guy that was obviously <laughs> beloved and celebrated, but also one of the most hated, loathed, yeah. reviled and clowned on um, players, uh, you know, whose legacy was, was, uh, you know, sort of regularly like sort of uh, diminished and shit on and ridiculed by people like uh, yours truly and, and yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's just like part of being a sports fan, obviously. And yeah. I feel no guilt yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. uh, and no one should, um, unless, you know, you really had like an evil heart and were like fucking attacking his family or something like that and on FYI, social media. No one probably enjoyed being shit on more than Kobe Bryant. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Like that was the like, thing, that's which the is thing, what like, it he, sort of also made it feel okay is that he was such a, he was like, like sort of a obsessed, strong, obsessed yeah, like, with like bulletin board material. Like there's yeah, nothing welcomed he it. would love more than like some obscure basketball podcasters, like making fun of him. Yeah. Com- completely welcomed it. And in fact, like, orchestrated much of it yes. um through his own doing just right. from being so fucking corny and out there and and in everyone's faces about um you know h- how much he loved basketball and how much of a winner he was and how much he wanted it and blah 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 um meanwhile being a complete psychopath and a horrible teammate um 
And I think it's also sort of um, yep. uh, feel duty, duty bend a note, you know, a giant piece of shit in many ways, both professional and personal, um, including the uh, rape uh, uh, yeah. case. Um, in 2003, Kobe was accused of sexual assault by a 19-year-old yeah. hotel employee. And they, you know, charges were dropped after the plaintiff basically refused to testify and they settled out of court. Um, right. But in, in the process uh, of, of, the, of the, you know, settlement, he basically admitted. Yeah, uh, he issued a public know, apology and, you know, it's largely considered that, like, you know, it, it was harmful to his public reputation, like yada, yada, yada. And uh, yeah, it was definitely like a awful moment in his life and it's part of his legacy. And like, you know, we love to talk about Kobe Bryant, the five-time NBA champion, the 2008 NBA most valuable player, 18-time all-star. But like the reality is this is also someone who off the court uh, was involved was involved in a very high profile sexual assault case, and yeah. it's important to like talk about that. And there was like a woman that was, you know, harmed forever, and um, and yeah. So yeah, it just it just comes with the whole Kobe uh, legacy and conversation. Yeah, um, it's it's really impossible to to like not bring that up. And I hate uh, you know podcasts that like sort of breeze by that or mention his like off the court troubles um no i mean or uh i mean for a lot of people it's like you know like kelly who's not a sports fan um or i would say as a casual sports fan was like yeah i mean didn't he rape someone (laughs) yeah yeah and i was like the answer the answer is almost certainly yes i mean there's (laughs) probably there's a there's if he didn't rape her, he definitely admitted some level of guilt in terms of settling and issuing the apology. Like he did something pretty terrible. We know yeah. that much. And uh, I, yeah, yeah. I urge everyone to read. There's a daily, a Daily Beast uh, article from 2016, I believe, called "Kobe Bryant's Disturbing Rape Case: The DNA Evidence, the Accuser Story, and the Half Confession." That actually like goes through the court documents and all all of the uh, statements that were made, both by the accuser and by, by Bryant. Um, and it's like, it's, it's pretty clear what happened. Um, and you know, again, like that's not his, uh, the totality of, of his legacy. Um, and it feels in some ways kind of, I don't know, callous or shitty to, to bring it up the day after he dies. But like, it's, it's, it's something that like I, I thought of every time I thought of him (laughs) after he retired and after it, it happened. Um, and but I also have to like you know bring up the fact that the sort of irony I guess I don't know if it's irony or what it is or or like sort of uh, weird karmic justice that after so he he uh, this uh, incident happened in two thousand four uh, or three I guess uh, yeah the summer of two thousand three um, while Bryant was married but before he had had any children with his wife Vanessa. Uh, and then he went on to have four daughters. Um, yeah. And by basically all accounts, he was a incredibly devoted and present father. Um, and, you know, obviously there, uh, you know, the, the sort of all the images of him, um, you know, ra- raising his daughters and being present, um, you know, at Gianna's, uh, you know, as Gianna became a sort of budding basketball player um, uh, herself and, um, and just his uh, commitment to 
to his family. Like, I, I have to imagine that, like, uh, you know, a, a guy can be a piece of shit who rapes a woman and then kind of grows up um, and through the process of just natural mature maturation and then fatherhood, like, does change um, and, and becomes a better person and a more... I don't know, sort of thoughtful and, and, uh, empathetic, um, person. Um, uh, so I don't know. I sort of feel like it's not like that yeah, balances, I, I, balances anything out or like fucking erases what, what you know, uh, what happened I also feel uh, earlier like this, in his life. But this podcast episode also isn't about even celebrating or shitting on Kobe Bryant, the man. It's mostly just yeah. kind of like reflecting on like, yeah. the loss of a icon in the sport that we really love and care about. And it's like a weird thing to try to navigate uh, such a sudden thing happening, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing poorly here is just trying to like fucking um, process all this. Um, and I think one of the things that I, um, that, uh, summed, summed uh, up my rambling thoughts here much more succinctly was a tweet that I saw last night from uh, Kath Barbaro um, or Kath Barbadoro sorry on Twitter I don't know if you follow her mm-hmm. um, but she wrote this uh, uh, quote I think it's okay to be sad when a very talented person who entertained you but was probably a bad person dies in a horrific way I give you permission you're welcome um, and then she also wrote you also don't have to prove he was actually good in order to be allowed to be sad. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of that kind of sums up <laughs> much more succinctly what I was trying to um, yeah. muddle through there. Um, so yeah, complicated guy, uh, fucking hell of a player, and clearly like just no matter how you felt about him, just like part of basketball, and like yeah. seemed like he would be part of basketball for the rest of you know. Uh, the foreseeable future. Um, And he would be there for us to talk about and debate and and shit on and make fun of. Um, And, uh, you know, he had his like weird crappy uh, show on ESPN plus that no one watched because no one subscribes to that. (laughs) Um, But he also had, you know, this, this academy was like crunching like the subscription numbers. Like he was, Oh, of course. So obsessed with that. Um, but yeah, he also had this, this academy that, um, clearly like, you know, sort of helped a lot of children. I also, I didn't realize he had, um, a children's podcast. Did you know about this? Uh, it's called the punies, um, which like, you know, it does seem like he really like as, you know, sort of in his post, uh, post retirement years, he was like kind of really focusing on like children's content, which is like interesting to me and um, yeah he, he seemed he seemed uh like psychotically into being a dad like as yeah. as as you would hope any parent would be and that's yeah. that's great right um and, and like, it's a loss and i'm sorry for his wife uh and kids because it yeah. sounds like they lost a very devoted uh dad who yeah also sounded uh, from the little we know, very imperfect with a lot of flaws who probably did some terrible things. And, uh, but you know, what, yeah. what can we say beyond that? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? What the, what, the, what more can you say? I don't know. Man. Well, I feel yeah. like this, I, the, the good news is we don't have to, uh, process it all today and get it out, uh, get it all yeah. out today because we'll probably be talking about this for a very long time and it's going to be something <sighs> that we continue to, 
refer to and come back to and try to process. So, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Weird, well, day, weird day. Weird. Uh, I'd say weird day, but I wonder like if tomorrow is going to be any less weird or if like the end of the week will feel any less weird. Like I wonder when it will stop feeling yeah. weird. You know, I know it's a really good question. I don't know how it's going to feel like when it's strange, man. Like I, I, uh, I, there are people in my life, like the constellation of my life who don't know I'm like a sports fan or whatever, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, um, Frank and I walk to the park every morning and he runs around at the park and we see this traffic that a crossing guard every time we cross the street. And, uh, she's a friendly lady and makes like small talk with us. And we, we see her all the time and stuff. And we've never, ever, ever had a discussion about sports. I don't wear any sort of sporty paraphernalia (laughs) clothing that would indicate that I'm like an NBA person. Mm -hmm. And so we saw her this morning walking to the park and she just looked at us and she was like, it's such a sad day. I can't believe what happened yesterday. She just said that to me and I was like, geez, yeah, I don't. I guess this is that level of a thing that like, it's not just for like NBA podcast people. (laughs) Like, yeah, I guess everyone seems to know about this then. Like, you know, like I, and it's on the cover of the New York times. It's, it's really weird. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's super weird. Um, I don't know. Do we, I, there's one other thought that I had, but I don't know. Do you want to wrap this up and we can talk more in the future or how, how are you feeling? Um, I, yeah, no, tell me, I mean, I, I'm ready to end it here, but like, if you have another thought, tell me. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of like a, a weird thing to like add on to the end, but I, I kept thinking, I thought a lot about, um, sort of like Kobe as a, as like a player and like why, um, people loved him so much and why a lot of other people hated him so much. And, you know, as someone who would, I would place myself in that ladder camp, like, I think one of the reasons, aside from the stuff that we've just recently talked about, that I I really like disliked him or like didn't have any real, I don't know. I didn't. It's not like I like actively rooted against him all the time. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of his uh, career actually happened d- during my dark period, which we've discussed before, mm-hmm. where I really wasn't like watching right. that many games and being like, oh, Kobe, I hope you missed this shot. Um, it was more like kind of uh, figuring out how I how I felt about him. Um, you know, sort of post-playing career. But obviously, like, his early years, I watched pretty closely um, as I was still watching like, the late 90s Knicks and watching the 2001 finals against Iverson and all that stuff, uh, the 2004 finals, which I watched super closely. Um, so I clearly, like, had, like, sort of game, you know, game-watching experience of, of rooting against him. But anyway, what I'm getting to is I think one of the reasons why, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but why both of us kind of, like, always... Clown, clowned him a little bit is because of how seriously yes. he took everything and how psychotic he was at trying to quote unquote be the best um, and quote unquote win at all costs. Great white shark. And how, and how yeah, the great white shark. Um, obviously, every, anyone who's uh, curious what we're referencing there can go back to Iverson part, whatever it was, four or five, uh, yeah. Where, where, yeah, where we discussed um, his, his uh, Iverson's rivalry with, with Kobe Bryant and how Kobe Bryant wrote a Players' Tribune article about studying uh, great white sharks and as a way to defeat Allen Iverson at basketball. Um, anyway, um, it was it's ridiculous. But that got me thinking, like, it's weird that that turns me off so much and turns you off. Um, 
as as a sports fan because like ultimately i think that's um kind of the point of sports uh like i'm not sure why anyone would be into sports if not for like that kind of mentality um and it made me really kind of like existentially confused all of a sudden like wait why why do i like sports why do i like basketball um maybe it was just because kobe was like too obvious and corny about it um Mm -hmm. but like there's part of me that's like you know obviously a, a, a mass uh a massive portion of of his fans um that's specifically why they love him is because of his you know insane commitment and devotion and outworking everyone else um and the grit and the and the you know the wanting it and everything um was was what he represented and symbolized and that's what they wanted to you know sort of attach themselves to um but it, I don't know. It just made me like, uh, how how do you feel about like so I, what that legacy yeah. is, and like sort of is that like Here's should we thing. not no. like any sports then? Because if that's like you know what I mean, like is totally. is is Kobe Bryant just the actual like I'm better than you mentality, just crystallized to like the the final degree? Um, I think and that, like if if like I t- I think it's totally plausible that Michael Jordan also studied great white sharks. Oh yeah, um, but like we just never found out about it, right? And he wasn't bragging about he it. He wasn't. He didn't write an article about it, and maybe right. it's also just like a sign of the times too. That like nowadays in 2020 or whatever, like when you do something, you like do a post about it or something, right? Right. Um, but like you, you know what I mean. Like there are actors like Daniel Day Lewis or something where like there's like lore about them like oh on set like he's you know if he's playing abraham lincoln like you you can only talk to him and refer right. to him as mr lincoln or like mr president yeah. or something you know the, which is like the, ins- which the is insane like, lengths yes, these guys go to like, which to, is like to no less like bizarre and stupid and weird but yeah. like the thing is uh we don't have like it's not like daniel day lewis was like like uh making a film about that you know what i mean Uh, Mm -hmm, or writing mm -hmm. a post about how like on set you know he was doing that so i feel like with with kobe some of the eye roll that i have at least with uh him was about like the uh glorification of it like yeah the display the ostentatious but i have to say you know what like he would isn't it it's not like he was that heavy handed with it. Like it's, it's not like he probably, like we probably learned one, one billionth of a detail about him in terms of like great, like I bet there are 1 million great white shark stories (laughs) that we just like haven't learned about, uh, with with Kobe. So I, I actually don't have really a problem with it. Like when I roll my eyes with Kobe, it's mostly just about like, uh the lakers suck you know it's like it's like it's really right. just about how like the lakers suck and yeah uh, if he was a nick like i would have like totally loved him so i you know that's all that really is for me i don't know interesting yeah yeah i don't know like i said very just very conflicted feelings and uh yeah i don't know i think i think it's also something about like his representation of like the work ethic that I think as I get older, like turns me off. Like I think his, um, like the way he inspired people to be like, all right, if you're not like getting up at 5am and just slavishly devoting yourself Mm. to the greatest passion in the entire world, you're like 
like worth worth less as a human being which i really that turned really fucking despise um but again like that is sort of what sports are like if you're not doing that like you're like why are you doing it at all and it, I don't know. It's something that I feel like I'm going to be like thinking about and grappling with a lot more totally. as I get older, especially if my child gets into sports and yeah. like kind of how, um, you know, how he deals with that and how, like, you know, do we uh, like champion obsessive qualities. Like, should we champion? Right. Like, and, and at the, ex- at the expense of others too, yeah. like the comp, the competitive nature where again, as I'm like growth in other ways, like if Teo was like, Hey dad, I really love, being a painter and I'm going to become obsessed and I'm going to become so obsessed with being a painter and studying painting that I'm going to completely neglect these other areas of my life, whether it's right. like having a social life or right. dating or playing sports or exploring other interests or doing my homework or like, you know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, fill in the blank, you know, like, is that something we should celebrate? I don't know. Yeah. Is that something I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I want to champion like, Oh, you know, you have to, yeah. Cause like, obviously for a lot of people, like they don't have something like that, that they're, you know, obviously that they're not as talented at, but also they don't want to work as hard at because they want to just have a normal, pleasant day. And like, you know, like, I don't know, (laughs) just hang out. (laughs) Like there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, so I don't know. There's like a lot of, a lot of that kind of, quote unquote inspiration and motivation stuff that I'm just like, yeah, I guess that's why we love sports. But it also like, I, I constantly have to kind of like separate that from my real life and be like, like, if you would want it for your kid or yourself. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's like whatever will make him happy as a human being, um, as, is what I'll, I'll support. But, it, but like, I think that Kobe, like the people that like followed in his footsteps and like, and like looked at him and, and, and are like, yeah, that's a model for how I want to live my life are like, again, I guess if it makes you happy, like great, more power to you, like do, do you. But, um, but I just feel like it's important to note that that's not, it's not for everyone. It's not the only path. And yeah, yeah it's definitely not know. for everyone. And it's <laughs> definitely not the only way to live. And it's pretty debatable if it's like a recipe for happiness. I think that's what I say. Like I, I would imagine there are a lot of people who are obsessively working at their corporate banking job, trying to be the Kobe Bryant of, you know, of, of private equity or or, or whatever, like whatever the job is. And I'm not, I, I don't know. I wonder if you gave them like a truth test, whether they would tell you they're actually happy, you know, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's something like that's very, very American. It's very personal. I would say, you know what I mean? It seems like something very personal. I bet like everyone has a different response and, mm-hmm. um, I am someone that gets a lot of happiness from my work. Like I take a lot of joy in, the work that I do and the types of work that I do. And like, I mean, this podcast, if nothing else is like a passion project, right? Like, Oh, right. There's literally no other reason to do something like this, a podcast that four people listen to. If it's not just something that's personally important to the both of us. Um, so it's definitely work though. I mean, like after we talk, like I'm going to have to edit this and like, you know, like, upload it and share it like it's not it's 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 not just like i don't know it's work is my point but it's truly mm-hmm. something i enjoy doing 
And I do think there are people that take like great joy and meaning in doing work. And I definitely consider myself one of those people, but I also think there's a, a line in the sand that you also have to draw and be like, well, what else makes me happy besides my work? Because if it's mm-hmm. just, if it's just my work, then what are the point of human relationships? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are the point of human relationships? I think that is a, as good a note to end on as any Chris. And, um, on that note, like thank, thank you for being a, uh, an important human relationship to me. Likewise, and, man. yeah. Uh, fucking love, love you, man. Work, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I love, uh, doing this and I love that, uh, uh, you know, I had someone to talk to after this very, very weird and awful, yeah. awful day. Yeah. Um, likewise, give Kate and Teo a big hug for me and, I'll yes, see you do the same to Kelly. Yeah. And um, yeah, man. We'll see you soon. We'll... Yeah. Yep. Talk soon. All right, man. Take care. All right, Chris. All right, later. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On the Line. Uh, you can check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Feel free to email us any of your Kobe related thoughts to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes in Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week and uh, yeah, love the one you're with. Talk to you soon. Bye.